was show number four uh, for Open Run. And one of the things that we try to do on Open Run is be open and run with whatever topic that's out there. The other thing that we like to do is we, we're going to try and invite as many special people as we can. And my God, Gina Miller is here, one of my old favorite co-workers in the whole world. So welcome. Thank you so much. It is such a treat when I got this phone call, text message, tweet. You know, this is very 2020. It was like, what can I do to make this happen? It only took a global pandemic for us to be back together again in front of a microphone, Derek. We had a lot of fun, is all I can say. Great times. And I talked to you prior to this particular uh, podcast. And, you know, you kind of brought back you brought back a lot of unique memories because we we tried to uh, give the people what they want. People have stole some of our phrases like, oh, jam. Um, I don't know. I miss you is all I can say. I I wish I knew soccer. I tried to do some of that action. You know what? Now now that I work for FC Dallas, anytime you want to come on our broadcast, (laughs) you can do that. You can you can go, oh, jam when FC Dallas scores. But Derek and I worked together for, gosh, eight plus years hosting Dallas Mavericks pre and post game shows. And they truly were the glory days. These were the glory days. This was this was during the Spurs, Mavs, you know, Western Conference finals, Western Conference semifinals. Finals, the Mavs lost in Miami in 06. You came back for more in 2011 yeah. during the Mavs championship well, run. You know, it was just, it was so special. Yeah, it, it was surreal because we actually had the opportunity to grow with the Mavericks as they progress. We had the opportunity to cover them both pre and post game. And I think we progress. And I'm not just blowing smoke. You know, I'm not that kind of a person, but. You um you you helped me a lot. Oh, you really gosh. did. You you got me outside of my comfort zone, and I think that's the only way to grow. So over the airwaves, I, I'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you. I've never had that that chance to say it, and I don't want to get all coozy and goofy and all of that. But I learned a lot from you, well, and I we've had so many different stories back and forth. I remember you talking about working in some of the places that you work. People think you just pop up. And become great like you are now. That's not the case. You have to start somewhere. And I know those little stories. And I've learned that this is a tough business. Once you get in and you work, you can get better, but it's not easy. No, it's not easy. Starting in Guam and landing <laughs> right. up here in Dallas, yes. you know, and, and a few stops in between. But you mentioned that, Derek, and that means so much, you saying that. But let me tell you, I feel like I got a master's degree in watching a basketball <laughs> game, sitting up in the hockey press yes, box at yes, the American Airlines we Center. That's that. a, what were they thinking right? having us lay up there? Isn't man? that the big misconception? <laughs> Whenever someone says, Oh my gosh, you do Mavs pre and post game, can I come watch the game with you? They think we're chest bumping in the platform. Yeah. Club. Yeah, you know, and, and drinking in between the game and halftime. That's just not the no. case. You, you, <laughs> like anything, and this is what I've learned, is you, you have to prep. You have to kind of get a feel for for what's going on, their storylines, their different things that, that you have to uh, be aware of and try to uh, try to go out there and, and, and make the team, the organization, look as good as you can, but be objective as well. That, that That's the challenge, I think, and... You don't do that by sitting around at the uh, Jack Daniels Club <laughs> having uh, glasses of wine and, and things of that nature. That was after the game. 
Yeah, afterwards. That's <laughs> right. After the that's game. right. But truly, sitting up with you in the hockey press box, which is where we watched the game, yeah. actually. We didn't get those plush, you know, courtside press row seats. We got the it's hockey okay. press box, which you liked and I liked because, to your point, we could see the plays develop. And yeah. listening to you talk about the plays develop, and I don't even think you were doing this intentionally. Right. Just you were just it. watching the game mm-hmm. as you did as an NBA player. You were watching the game, and you, you, you would see a play unfold three or four steps before yeah. the pass was made. It you, was the you, coolest thing ever. Yeah, you certainly get a different perspective Absolutely. sitting up there. And you also realize that those guys are a lot bigger than they are when you're sitting <laughs> down low as well because they look like little ants running around. But, you know, I played point guard all of my career. I high school, junior high school, college, of course. And you have a feel anyway. Yeah. But when you get to sit that high and you see the ball rebound and you see the, the outlet pass and you just see guys – hitting lanes or in the half court. If you see the guy make a pass, go away, set a screen for Dirk coming up to the top in one of his favorite areas to knock down a three, you just have a sense and, and an eye for what's developing, and you just spit it out. I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's easy to do, quite frank. I, I don't want to sound like Mr. Know-it-all, but it, it's really easy to, uh, to see it happening. And like I said, I've had the ball – all of my life, I kind of knew what the two guard and the three and the four and the center, I knew what their responsibility was as as a uh, point guard throughout my career. So just second nature. I, I You should question me if I didn't <laughs> see things developing and, wondering what was, and saw what was going on. Then you should wonder, like, damn, did he play basketball? He doesn't seem to know anything. So It was truly the best Dallas Mavericks yeah, watching times. party that a lot of people weren't invited to. But if you got a chance to experience with us, it was, it was a dream and it was a master's class. And thank yeah. you for that. Oh, so yeah. I, we cannot ha- be here and talk and not talk about Lakers winning number 17. Yeah. Uh, did you just did you predict that when the no. NBA went into the bubble? Did you or did you think it would play out completely differently after they beat the Miami Heat in the NBA finals? I thought it would play out differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie to you, the team that the Mavericks almost eliminated is the team that I picked. I picked I the Los too. Angeles Clippers yeah. and mainly because of their depth as a team. I mean, they're very deep. Uh, you couple that with Kawhi, Paul George, two all-star, all-pro caliber players, uh, one of the best defensive teams in the league, well coached by Doc Rivers, a, night, a good friend of mine. Um, I just thought they had the most chance. What I didn't take in consideration, and Skin and I have talked about this, is the fact that continuity is very important as well. When you start talking about uh, playoff basketball, Unique, unprecedented circumstances. You know, every everybody was away. There was no practicing a whole lot. Um, that played into it too, and I think when that comes into play, leadership comes into play as well. And I think LeBron James is the best leader in the game, and that that's how the Lakers were the last man left standing. They they just had superb leadership. Not to mention Anthony Davis, who I thought was the most valuable player in the championship series. But, uh, you know, it's hard to predict, especially, like I said, under the circumstances that the bubble circumstances that these guys had to play under. And I think you have to give them a lot of credit, not just the Lakers for being crowned the Mavericks, for taking um, the Clippers to six games and the development of Luka and Przingis. Uh, in their first playoff situation. I I thought there was a lot of positive things. Boston is going to be good for a long time, provided they stay healthy and keep things together. Uh, Toronto was a story because they won last year, 
and nothing phased them. They, they didn't skip a beat. They were right there, had a chance at the end. And I, I think we saw some young, up-and-coming teams. Phoenix Suns didn't, win a, didn't lose a game in the bubble. They were fantastic. Zion Williamson, uh, the, they just hired a, a, a coach and Stan Van, Van Gundy, who I think was the ideal guy for New Orleans. So you know, the league is in good hands, not to mention what Dame Lillard in Portland did. I'm a huge Dame fan, and he got the people going, man. He was fantastic. So there was a lot of good in that the whole playoff run. And the question was whether or not it surprised me. It did surprise me, but on the flip side, it didn't surprise me because of LeBron and his greatness. Yeah, that NBA playoff and, and NBA finals gave me life. And i got to be honest, the Stars-Stanley Cup final run gave me life too. But um, now that you look at what the NBA is trying to do and, and every league Every franchise is trying Mm -hmm. to figure it out. The NBA Finals wrapped up on October 11th. A recent report has indicated that the NBA is going to start back up training camp December 1st and then opening night December 22nd. I don't have the historical data here. I don't know if that's the shortest time period between end of one season and start of another. I would suspect that it is is. unless there is something – you know, crazy that happened back in the day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're used to seeing three, four months mm-hmm. between. Depending on how far you go. Exactly. In the playoffs. Exactly. Between end of one season and start of another. When you think about that as a former player, just that two month break to let your body recover, you know, how challenging is this going to be for teams? Not just from a physical standpoint, yeah. from a personnel standpoint, trying to build yeah. a roster, yeah. from a marketing standpoint, from a mental standpoint, yeah. trying to decompress yeah. and then gear back up for you know, what's going to be a crazy season in you, 21. You, know, you said mental. You said physical, mental. Obviously, there are a lot of things that play into it, but I, I think the mental aspect is the, the biggest challenge for guys because after being crowned champion, what do you want to do? Celebrate. You want to go have some fun. Yeah, you want to get away from it all for as long as you can get away from it all. And, of course, everybody has the mental clock that, okay, it's time to get myself out. When I was in the league, the 16 years that I played, I, I did get away. I got away. You go on vacation. You, to your point, have fun. But then there has to be a, 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 a mental clock in your head like, okay, I got to get myself back Mm -hmm. to doing what I do. I got to get myself in shape. That's the biggest challenge. I talked to you earlier saying that the reason I retired in in 2000 is because I failed mentally to turn the clock back on. I I checked out and I never checked back in. I was like, I don't feel like training, running hundreds and 400s and 200s and going to play after that and working out after that. The heck with it. I've had enough. So I, I think that's the biggest challenge. And obviously the people that went the furthest, the Lakers, the Heat, uh, Boston, Toronto, all of the, those teams that played right up until the end, they're the ones that are going to be whining about it being too not enough time to recover and to be ready to play. There's even been talk about LeBron and some of the Lakers guys saying that they're going to take off if the season starts this quick. And then I asked myself the question, would I be ready to go play basketball? If ready or not, here I come because I love basketball that much. Um, it's your job. It's what you do. Everybody is dealing with the same circumstances. And is it easy? I would be the first to say no, that it's not. It's a challenge. But I don't know, Gene. I, I just think, you know, nowadays things are, are just 
a little easier. I mean, it, when I was playing, there was no way that could happen because we didn't have private planes. We didn't have massage therapists on the spot. Cryotherapy. Um, you didn't have any <laughs> yeah, of that right, stuff. That, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So with all of the, 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 the advantages that organizations and professional sports have now, I think it's doable. I think you, you, you lace them up and you go back out there and play. Easy for me to say because I'm a washed-up has been ex basketball no, player. You're so a goat. It, it's 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 easy for me to say that, but what else are you gonna do? Shucks. I mean, people wanna see see uh wanna see these professionals out there and give Adam Silver a lot of credit, not only for the bubble situation and making making it happen. There were a few guys that tested positive. NBA jumped right on mm-hmm. it during the bubble situation and I thought did a a, a marvelous job as far as um there not being a stoppage other than for the protests that Milwaukee initiated. I, I just think the league is they, – they get it. They really do. I'm anxious to see how soon it is going to start, but – I think it does start. I really do. I think it's really smart on the NBA to do this. And I understand the challenges mm-hmm. of that short turnaround. But we know that one of the NBA's best brands is that Christmas experience. Yeah, NBA. I mean, I, I open Christmas gifts. And then what do you do? You watch eight games <laughs> on day. Christmas Day. Yeah. I mean, hello, NBA Christmas. I yeah. think that brand is so important. Yes. And then, too, I give the NBA a lot of credit for not wavering on this start date. Not saying, mm-hmm. okay, maybe it's yeah. mid-December. Yeah. Maybe it's mid-January. No. Yeah. Adam Silver showed some leaders. And their schedulers showed some leadership to say, nope, this is where it's going to take place. This is Mm -hmm. when it is going to start. Prepare for it. But the the challenge is going to be the mental aspect, because I've I've seen this with FC Dallas. Our Uh players were in quarantine, some of them up to 20 days, you know, 19, 20 days in Orlando as as we were dealing with the impact of the COVID-19 virus. You know, Nashville and and FC Dallas were the two franchises that were withdrawn from the MLS's back tournament Uh in Orlando because of COVID-19. And it's that mental challenge, Harp. It's that mental challenge of being (laughs) engaged, you know, trying to put the headlines on the back burner and really focusing on the game. And it's easy for us to say now that we're yeah, a little bit course. more mature yes. to focus on the game because you and I would give anything to yeah. be playing again or yeah. doing something like that to, again. Yeah, yeah. But when you're sort of in the peloton, if you will, and, and <laughs> focusing on just playing, 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 right. all you want to do is take that break. Yeah. All you want to do is you, not do it and relax. You do, but, you know, you keep – I hear COVID, COVID, COVID. COVID has changed the way of life. And when you look at it from that perspective – there has to be adjustments. There has to be sacrifice. And that's what all of these professional teams, we have crowned two champions, right, through the COVID. And the only way that it, it got done, I, we talked earlier about when baseball first started up, there were like 20 guys that tested positive with the Marlins. And I was, I'll never forget sitting in my, uh, in my office at home thinking, I don't think this is going to work. I don't think there's any way the, 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 uh, the, the, the baseball is going to pull it, pull it off. I didn't think the, the NBA was going to pull it off because I kept getting these calls and, and, and I was on a lot, of, uh, a lot of Zoom calls, Zoom little conversations talking about whether the NBA was going to start back. And I just didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel then. But then when you really you know, think about the sacrifice that these guys made and that has to be made, that's what gives it a chance. But, you know, this is the new normal for a little while, like it or not, we're going to have to adjust. And if we want sports and if we want to continue to do the things that, that 
you know, feed our kids, that, that, that takes care of us in general as far as being compensated for what we do is concerned. Yeah. You know, you talk about, you know, wanting sports and the, and the changes oh, that are going to take place. You need it. Psychologically. Are do. you kidding me? I was going crazy. I mean, the last dance couldn't have come at a better time. You <laughs> know? So and I perfect. told Skid and Mark, I, I, I knew a lot of that stuff that, yeah. was, that was being shown. But We needed a second camera by you while, while that oh, was taking man. place. I mean, it, a second I, screen experience. It was experience. like I didn't know it because, you know, when you see it and how surreal it was, when you think about how candid Michael Jordan came out in the last dance, that was absolutely incredible. But if you think about the viewership for that, I guarantee you every household had it on. Yeah. The, the ratings was probably a, a 20. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and it was old news, to be quite frank. But just because we didn't have sports, everybody was tuned in. Everybody wanted to see and hear what was going on. And, you know, while we were on that, I thought Scottie Pippen got through under the bus, man. <laughs> that whole yeah. damn last dance. They I mean, killed Scottie. I you, mean, you would think Scotty was a chump or Bob or somebody. I don't know who Bob is, but I just—it's just crazy the way Scotty was looked at after that. Did, like he didn't do anything. I'm did like, you Geez. reach out to him afterwards? No, or did I didn't you talk, talk to Scotty. I want to see him though. Yeah, yeah. They—they dogged you, Scotty. They, they dogged you because Scotty Pippen, man, they don't win championships without that no. guy. But he came out, no, looking like they, you know, squeezed all the juice out of the women <laughs> and just threw it in the trash can. <laughs> He's over there in the corner. Yeah. Nobody put Scotty in the corner. Well, Michael Jordan it's put Scotty in the corner. You Michael's, know? you know, he's the only guy that can get away with yeah. that shit. That's all I can I, say. I was, was blown crazy. away as you talk about too. Last Dance. And it brought back so many great mid-90s feels because yeah. I was obsessed with that team. This was in the era of the VCR, and I would record was. those games on VCRs. Right, right. No, you know all about. You know, yeah. you know all about. I'd record those games on the VCR and watch them over and over again. Yeah, but um, I was just so impressed with Michael's awareness of the media. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't have an appreciation for that then like yes. I do now. I was I was blown away at how I, I remember when he came to Dallas, he wanted when he first came to Dallas, he wanted to meet Del Hansen, the guy who's been doing the countdown for Michael Jordan coming yeah. into into <laughs> Dallas Fort Worth. This was mm, back in the eighties. But I was blown away at just how involved he was and how cognizant he was of pe what people said about him, how he was portrayed. I mean, he read the paper, which, mm -hmm. you know, as a, as a newsie like yeah. me, I loved it. And then in learning more about The Last Dance, his involvement in that process there, the yeah. production process there. Yeah. I was I was very impressed, like him or not, you know, whatever your opinion is, yeah. his involvement in the process is very impressive to me. Well, you, you the media is a part of it. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you, like it or not, you know, you you covered you've covered every sport there is, so you know how important the media is, and I, I think it points to just the intelligence of Michael Jordan because you have to learn to work the media, and you need them because yep. they they're the ones that pick. The all-star team, well, not the all-star team, but all-pro. They have MVP of series or, or, of championships. That's the media. So you have to learn how to work them. You have to get on their good side and, and, and respect them and what they have to do because you certainly have your job to do when you start talking about the media and them covering different sporting events. Um, I think that's what all young players – I think LeBron James does a, does a good job. I don't think he's as uh, – as beloved as, as Michael Jordan was when it comes to the media because, you know, LeBron just kind of says what he wants to say and, and, and moves on. He's comfortable with it, comfortable in his skin with it. And it's not an easy thing to do because a lot of guys, you know, I think they, they, their careers fall sh a little bit short 
I think they can accomplish more if they really understood how to work that. And, you know, you have all of these people that, 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 that take care of you as far as a professional athlete is concerned now, more now than then. They should really educate you on how important the media is mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. You're, you're not going anywhere. It's not like, you know, if you, you say something and, and, and a guy lashes out at you one night and embarrass, tries to embarrass you or put you in your place, like the next night you're not going to be right back there like, hey, remember me? I'm going to ask you another butthole question whether you like it or not. And you just have to go with the flow, man. I, um, I learned a long time ago, man, that if you're sensitive to what everybody is saying and writing about you, then you shouldn't read it. You, I, I never read the paper because I knew if I dribbled the damn clock out for crying out loud, you think I didn't know I f***ed up? <laughs> Excuse my French, but I knew I right, had screwed right, up. Right, you understand right. what I'm saying? I knew that more than anybody did. So what am I going to do? I'm not going to do any damn thing. I'm going to admit to making a mistake, which we all do. I still f*** up now. And you just roll with it. You know what I mean? You learn how to deal with it. I, I, I'm not that sensitive where I'm going to go and, 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 you know, put my head under the blanket just because, you know, I, do, I don't play well or if I miss two free throws to lose the game. And I know guys that have. I've seen guys, you know, I'm like, Shit, is he crying? <laughs> you know, like, and it shows that you care, but you can care without allowing it to affect you in a, in a manner that it, it kind of dilutes all of what you've worked for and all that you've accomplished as a player. Microsoft doesn't get it all right. Teachers no. don't get it all right. Nobody gets it all right, man. Some Sometimes you, you, you get it wrong, and you have to deal with that as well. Developing Teflon is so important <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a public-facing <laughs> business. And, yeah. you know, now that I work with so many soccer players on the regular, mm-hmm. these are kids who come straight out of high school or are even in high school, and they are in that public-facing setting. Yeah. And they don't even get that kind of media training that college kids get. You talk mm-hmm. about that. And they just – the challenge there is so significant. And you see it in the NBA, too, guys who may only spend a year or two or guys who did early on. You know, it seems like some of those guys who did come directly out of high school, though, they, they're some of the best, you know, Absolutely. in terms of dealing with Absolutely. the media. But, you know, but it's such note, a challenge. I don't, I don't mean to pardon mm-hmm. me for interrupting a little, or in, interjecting a little bit. Um, you've covered all sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've covered baseball. You've covered football. Basketball is your favorite. Obviously, you played a little high school basketball yourself. Very little. What, what's the biggest <laughs> difference? And challenge, if you would, and soccer, and, and and because I, I don't know soccer, a whole lot, but you see it and you 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 think you can follow it and understand it. It's kind of understandable, just watching it. But what what's the biggest difference for you, covering a game like soccer, one that you didn't know as well prior to uh, getting into covering it? Well, I certainly had to learn the game, and it's mm-hmm. a learning process. There are inherent, there's inherent knowledge that comes with covering or participating in a sport in which you played. Mm-hmm. You know, playing basketball, playing volleyball. I played softball, so it helped with baseball a little bit. You know, hockey and soccer. Those, and Growing up in Dallas, you know, you're kind of bestowed cowboys and right. football right. knowledge. <laughs> if fact. you don't get it as That's a kid, <laughs> your parents are doing something wrong if yeah. you're a Dallas native. You know, um, but, you know, like hockey and soccer, for example, there were right. no hockey rinks when I grew up in Dallas. I'm mm-hmm. that old. And, you know, while soccer was always around when I grew up, it certainly wasn't something I played in. I just didn't have the footwork and the speed yeah. to, to play soccer well at all. And um, it's been a learning process for sure. But but I think some of the bigger challenges of 
of working in the sport and covering the sport, um, it's just such a different game. And it almost you could almost identify this as Americans versus Europeans. You know, we 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 want that immediate gratification. You know, yes. in an NBA game or an NFL game, you get that. You get a dunk or a block shot or a fast break or a steal. Um, in the NFL and football, you get a tackle, you get a touchdown, you get a catch, you get a first down, you get an interception. Soccer truly is the beautiful game. Mm -hmm. It's a game which it flows differently and it needs time to develop. And and I hear a lot of my colleagues who are these mainstream sports guys, Mm -hmm. you know, just the sports guys. (laughs) Their their lack of interest in the sport is that nothing is happening. And I go back to something that Mark McLemore, who was my partner on Rangers baseball for a long time, he would say, if you don't think a baseball game is beautiful, that shows me that you don't understand a baseball game, Absolutely. that you don't understand the sport mm-hmm. itself. And I would make the same case about soccer. Yes. If you think that you know watching a play develop or watching the passing isn't impressive mm-hmm. and beautiful, and we all want goals, right? We all want goals and great saves. Just that's, to hear that's it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Newest member of the National Soccer <laughs> Hall of Fame, by the way, Andres Cantor. Yes. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think that that really does underscore the fact that you probably don't understand the game mm-hmm. because it really is a beautiful game watching those athletes work the way they work and their footwork and the angles mm-hmm. with which they kick a ball and and they're truly angling for the top of the for the back of the net and top left corner or they're they're really you know pivoting mid-strike to try and have something curve it's so impressive yeah. and it's so Absolutely. cool but but you know there there are those people who just fail to get it and and you know having spent a lot of time in Israel and a lot of time overseas you know that that immediate gratification isn't as isn't as um, necessary and that's right. why it's so you know in Europe it's so ingrained oh, it's, of course. it's just a part of yeah, your it's, DNA it's over there our football is their soccer absolutely you know I mean that they, they call it football yes. if I'm not mistaken oh yeah overseas and in Europe but uh, I, I don't know I love the game I remember. Um, Tattoo. Oh, back in the, with the day. Shirt off. Yeah, Heck I mean, yeah. I, I got into it a little bit then mm-hmm. because, to me, this this guy was amazing. I mean, he he was the Messier and and, yeah. and that back in the day. And like you said, he he kept that shirt off. And uh, <laughs> I used to do that as an eight year old in my yeah, front yard. My no, mom was like, was, "No, uh, Gina, you don't do that. <laughs> you don't take off your shirt in the front right, yard. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Under around. any circumstances, <laughs> right? No, 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 no. <laughs> Under any no. circumstances, do <laughs> no. you do that? Keep but, it on." I'm just impressed with it. And, you know, when when, when people say that that soccer isn't a big deal, it's not really a sport, I think it's sheer ignorance, to your point. People just don't understand what it is and how difficult a game it is. Because anytime there's there's low scoring, like baseball, for example – I, I played a little baseball actually growing up, not not in high school or junior high or anything like that, but I played little league baseball. I, we played all sports down in Florida. And I'll never forget, there was a gentleman named Bob Wright. He played basketball. He played all sports too. But this guy was a great baseball player. He and Robbie Thompson, I don't know if you remember Robbie Thompson, he played for the uh, San Francisco Giants. He grew up in my, my era as well. And when I stood over the plate, and tried to hit those guys' pitches when I was a little kid. I was running off of the plate, <laughs> thinking that the ball, <laughs> thinking that the ball was going to hit me, right, right? right? And it would roll right back in as a curve, and they called the umpire would call it a strike. So that's how I respect. That's why I respect all sports yeah. so much because they're so challenging. In fact, that I I'm looking for one of these. What do you call it? Triathlete for for old guys like myself just to go out there and compete because I'm a competitor and I like to compete. Because we're sports fans. Yeah, Yeah. I think I can do all things. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny you, you talk about soccer and the growth here. It's really only 25 years old. This mm-hmm. is Major League Soccer's 25th season, whereas the NFL recently celebrated its 100th year uh, yeah. in existence. And Major League Baseball, obviously, yeah. more than it's a century grown, old. Though, here. It I has. Mean, you know, it, yeah. Austin's going to come on board next year, Austin FC. Yeah. And, you know, FC Dallas is one of the original 10 clubs when the league launched in 96, then as the Dallas Burn. But it's it feels very much like a startup. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels yeah. like a startup industry still, even though it's it's a quarter of a century old. I want to go back to something that you said at the beginning, because this was always something when I was covering sports, I'd always wonder, where does this guy go when the season ends? What yeah. was your favorite place to visit when the season ended? And, you know, okay, okay, two questions. You know, after the 94 finals, Knicks Rockets, yeah. where did you go? I wanted to go to Mars somewhere after falling <laughs> oh, short. <laughs> After falling short, oh. I'm trying to remember where we. I think Barcelona. I think oh, she and I, my, nice. my ex ex wife. Um, I, I think we went to Barcelona, Spain. Um, I don't remember. I, I was that. I had a hard time after after the '94 finals, man. Really? I, I, I honestly, that that was one of the roughest moments in my basketball life because. You know, I, I've told the story a million times. I saw the champagne before Game Seven. I just knew it was a, it was something to that, and I lost it, man. Honestly, I I literally became a wino, man. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you, dude, because I drank wine after wine, man, and it was just it was just so hard until the the getaway. I don't really even remember it. J- just exactly how how much fun or I had or didn't have, if you would, because I was, I was hurt to say the least. People don't remember a second. I, I guarantee, if you ask yeah. people right now, I did a little Zoom last week uh, with a guy uh, from from New York, and um, he kind of unfortunately reminded me of of some of the '94 Finals because that's what the uh, the show was based on is the Knicks what could have been. And it just every thought that I have of that, I have some fond memories, but every thought that I have of '94 NBA championship run, they all turn out to be negative. And so really? was that trip. Yeah, yeah, the getaway was it was negative too because when you get back, it's the same story. You you still, you know, you still have to lay and and make that same bed of coming in second. So oh, Harv, I, I just made it a downer. No, you did not because <laughs> I, made I mean this a and, downer. And, and, and in, in oh, reality, man. I'm over it because yeah. it, it was a long time ago. But at the end of the day, man, that's it brings back those kind of memories. Yeah. I mean, you can you can be ex- I'd probably still be in New York. I wouldn't be here chatting it up, chopping it up with you and chopping it up with skin for, for a couple of uh, weeks ago. So it is what it is. I don't know how you you sugarcoat coming in second, man, especially when you're talking about being crowned champion. That's the one thing, one and only thing I regret about uh, about my NBA career is just falling a little bit short to the Rockets who won back-to-back championships through that little that little era. So I you, where you 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 think about winning, there probably would have been 10 trips that you took somewhere yeah. to enjoy, yeah. you know? So yeah. unfortunately it was a downer. It brings back goofy memories is all I can say. That's funny because yeah. you know 
I, 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 that brings back memories for me when, when I at Lake Hill Prep lost yeah. to Lexington Academy, you know, my senior year, and it was the last basketball game I'd ever play competitively. Yeah. I had nightmares about that into my 30s. <laughs> yeah, you know I what I mean? Yeah. I just, People don't get it, I remember man. I, that being in the shower just crying yeah. after that game. Yeah, and, and you would think, I think young younger kids think like, oh, well, we were second. That's better than third. I tell people yeah. that when they ask me, did you guys win? I used to say all the time, no, we came in second. They was like, oh, second. Okay. And I said, yeah, that's better than third, you know. And people like, what on earth is this idiot talking about, right? But nobody remembers second, man. You know, that if you go back and, and, and try to, try to, unless you're Mark Follower, you go back and try to remember who was second in the remember. Super Bowl yeah. the last couple of years in the NBA Finals, people quickly forget that, that second place team that, that, that uh, the champion beat. So, Nobody likes second, man. No. That's why you're here. No. You're, you're not second to <laughs> no. anybody. So. I, I'm not even on the menu. You know, <laughs> I'm not even on the menu. You know, you're, you're talking about, you know, people's career ending or, you know, the career ending or, you know, my basketball career ending, whatever that was. But, you know, just not being able to finish it. COVID has impacted so many people, mm-hmm. Harp, in terms of these high school kids, these college kids who's, you know, you're seeing colleges and universities just abolish and get rid of mm-hmm. um, entire teams and, and sports programs and cost-saving mm-hmm. measures. You know, you're, you talk to so many people in this space. What do you think the COVID impact on sports is going to be? And it's, it's gosh, it's at every level, but what do you think is the overarching impact that, that uh, sticks with you? Devastation, yeah. without a doubt, because uh, you know, I, I think when you start talking sports, everything had to change, had to do an about face. Mm-hmm. I mean, change not a little bit, but completely. You know, teams can't practice anymore. That's why they, I think to my to me, um, I, I think that, that that that's why games have been kind of sloppy, if you would. You know, I, I you know, college kids, should I come out of school or should I stay? You know, so many crazy decisions were forced to be made because of COVID. You know, the Big Ten just started back last week because of because of COVID. You know, they 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 had to reverse that and say, okay, we'll have a season. And there, it was peer pressure involved, mainly because everybody else was doing it and had a little success doing it. They the Big Ten decided to start back. So I mean, I, I think everybody will look at it as a learning experience. Uh, a very bizarre experience and something that they'll never forget. You know, we're quick to try to put an asterisk by the Lakers, by the Dodgers, everybody that's been crowned champion. We're trying to put an asterisk by that, but I, I respectfully disagree. I agree with you. Yeah, I, would not I, put I just an think by you it. should put oh, a God. double check <laughs> right? on it because of the circumstances. It, it was so much sacrifice that that took place. You know, being without your families in the NBA bubble that that, that was different. And, you know, we got to cover the games once things started back. The bond, to me, is the thing that, that I'll remember the most because you saw so much camaraderie between players, coaches, everybody involved. I mean, people it brought people together mm-hmm. in a different kind of way. It wasn't just Adam Silver. It wasn't just the owners, you know, the presidents and the GMs. and It was everybody that had a hand in things getting started in, in all sports. And to me, it, it, I'll never forget it. I don't think it'll ever be forgotten. And I think most people will look at it in, in a uh, historical way 
if you would, based on based on what what people had had to en- endeavor for uh, f- to pull it off. I mean, it, it was just a uh, it was a, a surreal situation the whole time. I agree with you. People who say there should be an asterisk by the no. Lakers or the Dodgers, who Mm-mm. on the taping of this, they just won last night yeah. at Globe Life Field in Arlington. Yeah. That was surreal in and of itself. Yes. Um, you know, since nineteen eighty eight. Nineteen eighty eight. Justin Turner was pulled in the eighth inning because he tested positive for coronavirus. <laughs> then he goes out on the field to celebrate yeah. after the game. Nobody stopped him. Nobody that came in between him. Was kind of so, weird. Um, you, know, you get lost in the moment. You do. Yeah, I, that's you what do. I thought happened in that yeah. situation. And just like you're saying it, Gina, I thought it. I thought, oh, I thought this guy just got to. For COVID. Just got pulled and tested yeah, positive. So. And, and let me tell you, I'm in a testing protocol with FC Dallas, yeah. and it's it's no fun. Every other day, I'm getting yeah. you know. I've poke been up tested a couple of times myself. Yeah, and um, but gosh, it just so many questions there, and I don't want to yeah. speculate, but just so many yeah. questions there, you know, about about that whole thing. But I but I give them credit, you know. Um, I give the Lakers credit. Anyone yeah. who wins a title or well, championship every team that was there during this to, crap yeah, show, you have yeah, to give them. You have to give them a lot of credit, man. I mean, we were. I think when we went back, we were giddy. Yeah, just to oh, go and gosh. be able to call games. You know what I'm saying? We 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 were giddy. We were excited to get back, even though it was under. Uh, Unique circumstances. I think everybody was chopping at the bits to get back and call a game, and you know, continue continue to to watch Luca develop and watch KP develop. It was a lot of fun. The Mavericks were a fun team to cover, like they are most of the time, but they were fun to cover. It was never a dull moment because you know, Luca Magic. We want to call him. He always gave you something, and I think his growth, man, is just. I don't think anybody knows how good this guy is going to be. Yeah, where uh, we, where is he in? The, because I mean, last year he averaged what almost a triple double, yeah, twenty eight nine and eight. Yeah, and it, it, it just it's it, what he did in the postseason was remarkable. If you were yeah. following NBA Twitter during a game, yeah. you know it was wow, Luca, Luca just did that. Yeah. And every day it seemed like he that that moment from the previous night was eclipsed yeah. by what he did on the next night against the Clippers in the yeah. in the NBA playoffs. Where is he going? You know, you know what I'm saying, Gina? I, yeah. I, I keep coming up, trying to come up with something that nobody has already said, well, but it's impossible, right? And what, what, what I'll say for Luca is that some guys are made for it. I mean, some guys are, they're, 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 they work themselves into greatness. Luca was born great, and he's been a professional since he was, I think they say, 13, 14 years old overseas in, in the toughest league overseas, okay? Mm-hmm. So he's been kind of – the polish has been going on Luca for a long time. And, you know, you keep shining a diamond, man, sooner or later it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to blind you, right? It's just going to be too good to be true. And I just think that's where Luca is. I mean, I can't tell you – where I sit and watch this kid play, and I'm just like, damn, is he really doing this? You know, he just dominates in a way that it looks like ho-hum, you know, a walk in Central Park or something, you know? So, I mean, like it or not, and you saw the Clippers. People are going to come out, going to come after Luca for sure because he's a white guy, and you know how that goes. I mean, there, there, there's no, no, no shame in the game that – Oh, I'm not going to let this white guy do me like this. Well, I've seen him do Kawhi. I've seen him do the Clippers, the Lakers. LeBron has the utmost respect for him. Magic Johnson, by the way, is soliciting, trying to get Luka to Los Angeles <laughs> to join them. <laughs> so everybody, <laughs> everybody wants Luka. Oh, and keep in mind, he's oh, an international man. guy. Luka is, is a, a pop 
a rock star is. is what Luka is. And all you have to do is be on that bus when the Mavericks go to New York and when they go to Chicago and when they go to Los Angeles. All you hear is Luca, 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 Luca. And I'm just like, oh my God, this guy has got. He tries to to uh, embrace all of it too, but you you don't you don't get mentioned with Oscar Robinson, uh, LeBron James, Magic, Michael. You don't get that kind of recognition and not be legit. You don't bump in the 27 points, nine and nine. That yeah. that's not that's not something that you can say is luck or you know. And and th- there's still room for him to grow. I think Luca can be a better outside shooter. I think his shot selection sometimes can come into question. And surely you're going to be nitpicking, trying to trying to break down what he is and what he isn't. But at the end of the day, I think he can get better as a player. And all of that depends on how much he works. And I think once you taste lobster, you you love it. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Once yeah. you taste something. Like Luca has taste, I mean, I, I think you you stay with it forever and ever and ever. So he's gonna he's gonna go down as one of the all time greats. I mean, Michael Jordan to me is the goat, and I don't think you can really pick a goat. Skin and I've discussed this and debated this a little bit, but you know, everybody is great. Guys that are great when they have to be great, they're goats. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. Dirk Nowitzki is a goat. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he changed the game of. Uh, a basketball in, at the professional level. You know, there were not bigs mm-hmm. doing what Dirk mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. you know, when he came into the league. So he changed the game. So, therefore, Dirk is great. Um, you think about Charles Barkley. He was a 6'5 power forward that dominated people. Mm-hmm. Um, Elijah won. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's so many goats. It, it's so hard to just go, oh, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. Yeah, People yeah. are going to do it because he's 6-0 and when it comes to winning championships. And I, if I had to, you know, you put your hands around my neck and make me say who the GOAT was, then I would say it's Michael Jordan because, you know, I watched him play through his era. And damn, if every time he didn't need to show up, he showed up. You know, flu bug, whatever the case might be, Michael was there. But, I mean, you can't take away from LeBron James. You could change his name to finals because he's played in so many finals. You know? Lost so, to the Mavs. Yeah, Lost to the Mavs. He certainly did. Lost to the Mavs. And that, uh, that, that kind of snatched the air out of LeBron's little legacy yeah. a little bit, too. Yeah. You know, a lot of people called him a guy that couldn't finish and all of that. But come on, man. I mean, that guy is sensational. I mean, one of the all-time greats without a, a doubt, like the old Cowboys used to be, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, God. We aren't even going to go there. I mean, I think six wins wins the NFC East this year. You've got three teams at two and five, Philly at two, four, and one we're, leading the division. We're not going to go to the Cowboys. Jesus. We, we have oh. to talk a little bit about the Cowboys. Oh, Jesus. And the one thing that I, I, oh, I, I would briefly say. Lord. I, one thing I, w- I would just say. I, I, I think that when it comes to being successful, especially in the NFL, I think leadership from top to bottom, mm. Gina, is prominent. It's the most important thing to to a uh, to an organization. You have to have leadership, and I just feel like where they are right now, what gave them a chance, even though they got off to a slow, sluggish start, was Dak's leadership. I just think Dak is the kind of leader man that can will you to victories. Um, guys believe in him. I think that whole locker room believed in Dak Prescott. And what I'm seeing now, the last couple of games that he's been out, is a team that that's looking like a little lost kid uh-huh. looking for their mommy and their daddy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like what on earth is going on? 
and nobody has stepped up and 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 uh, you know and, and took the bull by the horn and tried to provide that. Ezekiel Elliott, great running back, but not a leader in, in a locker room. I've been in a lot of locker rooms, and if you don't have that. It, it can be a long, long year. Coaches pointing at players, players pointing at coaches. That's a that's a remedy for, for disaster. Yeah. So, Let me tell you everything you need to know about Dak Prescott. First time I met him, and you will love yeah. this story because it tells you everything you need yeah. to know. He was at an FC Dallas game, and he, right. he offered to pay for the tickets. You know, people don't usually yeah. do that at his <laughs> right. caliber. Right. You know, and so um, I wanted to go into his suite and just say hello and be like, hey. You know, bug people the way they right, are. So right. I walk into his suite and I was like, hey. And he walks right over to me, shakes my hand. He said, hey, great job on the pregame show. Yeah, yeah. Showed me that he watched. But wait, there's more. So I, I BS with him a little bit. I yeah. bugged him to death. And then I finally got out of his hair. He's <laughs> not, <and>, <laughs> not me, no. And then I saw Clark Hunt, who also owns FC Dallas, walking uh-huh. down the hallway. And I grabbed Clark. I was like, Clark, you got to come here. Have you met Dak Prescott? Yeah. And he said, no. And I said, well, come on here. I'll take you into the suite. I'll, in- I'll introduce you to Dak. So I walked back into the suite. Two minutes minutes after I had just left. I was like, hey, Dak, I wanted to introduce you to. He interrupts me again, and he says, I know who this is. Mr. Hunt, Dak Prescott, I enjoyed your speech at the National Football Foundation oh, wow. Awards ceremony that's last year. <laughs> I mean, that is all you need yeah. to know about this kid. Yeah. That, that's, Such that's the real impressive. deal. And just think about snatching that away from a, from a football team in the Absolutely. NFL. Thank God they're playing in the NFC East yeah. because <laughs> they beat chance. Philly. Well, they beat Philly <laughs> on Sunday, then they're, number, they're right back chance. to number one. And that leads me to this, Jenny, real quick. Um, people have been trying to make a debate that a losing record shouldn't go to the playoffs. Your thoughts on that, dude? I think that's t- I mean, that's a tough one. Um, yeah. a, a losing record in the NFL or just in general shouldn't well, make a playoff. Shouldn't be right, a playoff right, team because there are teams that will have that will be you. The, the Cowboys could could be four and twelve and make the playoffs. God forbid. I mean, we're, yeah. we're not pulling I th- for yeah. that. I mean, but I think that's a tough one. That's it, and I realize that's how the rules are set up. And this yeah. year, I, I'm, you got to throw a lot out the window this year. Yeah. Even though I would not put an asterisk on any championships, but um, that would be really tough if you have a consistent level of, of six win teams in the NFL, for example, or ah. seven win teams making the postseason. Yeah. I understand division winners. I think you maybe have to really reassess. You know, yeah. and make it the top teams in the conference rather than a division, um, because that that's just that's just bad football. And we've seen some bad football this year. We've yeah. seen a lot of that. And people, and, and let me tell you, the networks do not want to see bad the football. football. Of course if not. that continues of course to happen, especially from the so-called America's team, absolutely. You know? Fox and ESPN will have some say, and, yeah. and you may see some changes if that comes to be something consistent. Yeah, and, and you know, I think the thing that really really sticks out is. The anticipation always for the Cowboys. Yeah, always. I mean, there, there, there's always this is the year. Yeah. It has been the year for 25 plus years. Yeah. Correct. For, yep. for, for and, the Cowboys. And nobody's better at marketing and selling that than Jerry Jones. Well, that, that, that's yeah. part of business. Yeah. I mean, he's a great business owner. There's yeah. no question about that. We know that. Um, but I know it's just, I, I, I tell Skin, I, I just think the city is better. I think the energy is better <laughs> when the it Cowboys is. are a hot commodity. And, you know, so early in the season, I go back and forth with my buddies, man, talking about the Cowboys. And, you know, they're in my face like, oh, we will be at the Super Bowl. I don't know where the Super Bowl is this year. I can't remember. But they're in my face like, we're going to be in the Super Bowl. And I'm always like, pump the brakes. Win a playoff game. You know what I mean? Get get to the playoffs and win a playoff game. Get to the show first. Right. Don't start talking Super Bowl. And I just think that's your typical Cowboy fan up in your face. 
always, you know, putting putting the what is it, the horse or the carriage before the horse. They are putting right? the cart before the, the cart horse. Before the horse, yeah. You that's can't what, do that. That's what makes them fun to cover. Sports. Man, we've been we've been gabbing. We have. It's <laughs> what we could do. And this is a testament. You talk about open run, man. Derek and I could talk for hours, and it's what we did on on TV for eight years. This has been yeah. such a treat. Harp. I've enjoyed it, man. We're gonna do it again. This I hope our so. Last time, right? We need Get to do together. stuff again. We need to do yeah. TV again or Absolutely, something again. Man. Talk to some people. We I know had you too much pool. fun. You have pool in Dallas. You can do pool soccer. I, I can get you a play-by-play play or a color gig doing I soccer can do yesterday. Soccer. I, I can learn to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday, that? we just have you up there going jam <laughs> every time they that's score. That's not cut. I'm, jam. I'm, I'm sorry. I think Jock and Matt have taken that though. That, yeah, they're jam. They session. have. They sure have. Yeah, you should they, have trademarked that. Well, I'll give Steve Dennis credit because one day yeah. he stood up and said, "Hey, you guys are still in hearts and Gina's jam. That's not right." <laughs> so. He stepped up, stepped up I like for us it. and tried to save us. So. He's another one you got to get on here. Oh, yeah. Heavy D. Yeah, we, we, will get, we will get some people. That, that's part of our mantra. That's what we're going to try to do, just get people on. Just talk everything. That's why it's called Open Run. Well, I, I love enjoy it. hanging out with you. It's, I had more fun than you did, Hart. Believe right. me. Let's do it again.